Hey, I just listened to your podcast. It's there, what, 10 to 3 in the morning right now, and I'm at work, <laughs> and oh, I loved it so much. The latest one, and you guys were talking about the vets and all that stuff. Uh, it's a super duper. Um, I don't know. I hope to see you guys one day. I'm from Redwood City, and I get down to Santa Cruz, and I hit the Santa Cruz Diner for their clam chowder. It's one of the best, and uh, yeah. I'm glad Rad. you guys are doing it. For sure. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, what was your name again? <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. And yeah, it is. It is living up to its name. It's also living up to its name of becoming one of the most expensive cities to live in. Phil hates us there when sure we say is. sunny Santa Cruz. He's like, fuck uh, you guys, I every time. <laughs> I think we pay the, for the sun the, every day. Right. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, and just, we yeah, do. Just so you know, the median... Starter home price now is eight hundred thousand. That's what that's Insane. what Facebook yeah. told you. Starter home, <laughs> as in less than three bedrooms. Yeah. 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 No, that's yeah, like that's like insane. fixer upper. Exactly. Yeah. That's maybe. What yeah. I'd so we like. pay dearly for that sun, but hey, it's worth. Well, it's it. not like I live in an eight hundred thousand dollar home, man. You know yeah. who's paying? Actually, I mean, I'm not. How much do you pay much. to live in that shed out back? Way too much. Yeah. Way too fucking much. It's I'm not quite San horribly. Francisco, though. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is I can't afford that shit. Hey, hey yeah. everyone. This is Eliza. In the garage tonight, we have Zach. I'm still here. We got Bagel. Hello, hello. Charlie. Hi. Knock. Yes. Douglas. Do you feed your dog? <laughs> we have He's, Mark. All right, all right. No. Give me the doe eyes here. We got Cat. It's the doom song. Doom, 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 doom. I don't know what you're doing. Isaac. Hi, Mom. I know you're listening. <laughs> That's nice. right. We got dirt on you, man. Uh, we got Michael. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And the lovely Emma. Oh, hello, everyone there in podcast land. Hey. Hi. What time's your podcast on? <laughs> so that so um, let's just get into real quick what we did today or this weekend. There was some stuff. And, Nock, you just, there was a lot of things going on. I know yep. that um, Mike and Mary Muffins and Rebecca and Jake were down at the Born Free mm-hmm. rally. They just came up all like, uh, well, somebody got tattooed, let's just say. <laughs> somebody <laughs> is 18 and got a tattoo. You got, no way. Yeah. Yeah. She got a battleship Mike on her chest? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> battleship. Apparently, it's a sweet dragon. Apparently, they had a good time. We'll get that report next week. And then, Nock, you went up and did uh, San Francisco Gay Pride. How uh, was that? I actually didn't do the Pride Parade. I went up there to hang out with some friends for the Pride weekend. I didn't actually do the uh, Dykes on Bikes this year. I kind of stayed back and uh, helped at the barbecue. I, yeah. I didn't feel like I, I was going to co-opt it this year, you know, as, as a regular street person. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to sit back and fix up the barbecue. But uh, my friends went, and they had a wonderful time. Um, kind of more mellow than um, last year because of the recent things that happened, you know. People were still kind of on edge, but for the most part, pretty awesome. So I can tell you that I have now come full circle. I realized um, I first attended San Francisco Gay Pride in 1978 when my parents took me to see a cool parade. <laughs> uh, little did I know they were just just trying to push me out the closet door, basically. <laughs> but um, and then in 1985 was the first time I rode in the Dykes on Bikes, which is a pretty cool thing. And I was rode that. that- SF? 
That was SF, and I rode that GPZ 550, which looks so cool. Right. Um, And I rode for many years in many different states. It was a, it was you know, big thing to ride with that many women was empowering and cool. Um, So I have come full circle in that last night I was in San Francisco to go do dinner and a show with Cindy Creech, and I found myself trying to find parking for the restaurant and being blocked in by this parade of dykes on bikes and screaming, (laughs) just get, you lesbians, get out of my way. I'm trying to park. (laughs) I just want to get to dinner. And I became that screaming, ranting person who was just wanted to get to where they were going. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> I think order, in order to complete that, you have to be driving a Buick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, to me, that that is full circle. I mean, it could be beta breakers where, you know, it's just way more horrible from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I understand why all the other people are like, God damn it, lesbian, just get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to buy it. Keep beeping that Ninja 250. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't impressing no one. But no, it was cool to see them all go by. But sure. I did miss my dinner oh no um and then cat you did a bunch of shit on your bike and i think i called you stupid two or three times yeah only yeah. only two or three times two or really? three it's, yeah. it was a record holding oh, day yeah. i uh pulled the entire back end of my bike off trying to get to my rear shock and got to my rear shock got it out and i'm gonna be giving it to one of yuri's suspension guys to get that resprung because as everybody knows i've been riding a yacht while trying to <laughs> trying to just like I've been getting seasick. Did on you this pull bike. the uh, subframe mm. off, or is it just? I yeah, to, I had to pivot it, it up, yeah. and yeah, so I pulled the rear tire off as well to get that one seventy off the rear because that's obnoxious. Oh, <laughs> cool. are you gonna get new tires too, or you're just gonna pull that off temporarily? Until... I've got a tire on the way, a one fifty sixty. Hey, but cool. at least you can use that on your car now. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely the size of a car tire. And Rad. so what else did you get done? Oh, you wanted to do you wanted to do a lot of stupid stuff. Knock, I need you on my side on this no. one. Uh, tacitly, I'll say just yes, uh, by default. So here's... <laughs> Wait, on Liza's side, you're automatically on Liza's side, really? Well, well, well I don't know. Come on. Within punching. Right. This is yeah, that's, that's I let am me, within punching range. Let me explain what I'm going to do, because Liza's <laughs> yeah. going to twist here's it into her dark little world. What she said she wants to do. <laughs> okay, so I want to take all of my nice, pretty fairings and plastics off of this bike. Well, they're not really fairings, but they're plastics. It's a good-looking supermoto. It is a beautiful supermoto. And I'm going to get shitty ones on eBay for like 12 14 bucks maybe no how do, how do you like the plan so far crashed huh? ones crashed ones because i'm gonna cut them okay so i'm gonna cut them and then i'm gonna spray paint it all matte black and uh-huh. make it all angular and shit mm-hmm. and then put those on and put a new tank on as well that's spray painted matte black and do a Ooh. matte black number plate that's pointy and shit with diamond plate and i'm gonna make it all awesome. how's it sound now and then I can return it to beautiful and pretty whenever I want. But what? I can have my rat ass gnarly bike. And there I was want. also cut down the exhaust to shorten it. No, oh, don't I don't cut down the exhaust. I don't want to cut down the nice. exhaust. I want to the Apokrovich figure out how Akrapo- to move it. The Akrapovich. Uh, yes. Yeah. Of which I just stood there shaking my head and going, no. I can return yeah. it to stock. Well, I here's know. the thing. Like I an think afternoon. it's a great idea. 
I had a mistake of thinking like, oh, you know what? It's a dirt bike. There's tons of cheap dirt bike parts. I've looked them up on eBay. Yeah, XR650Rs, not a lot of cheap parts. People know what they have when they sell that shit, and they are are asking like premium or just under OEM price. The L's, there's a lot of L plastics out there that do fit. Are you going to do a conversion type thing? No, I'm just taking the plastics. Like, I'm just going to take the plastics so I can chop them and cut them. Well, I mean, yeah, if the mounting points on the L fit, that's fine. Exactly. So the L's are way cheaper and they do fit. Why don't you wait until you crash it as opposed to taking a perfectly good looking make make your own. As the boyfriend and also (laughs) you're an enabler. As as someone who rides one of these exact bikes. Exactly. What's it to you? (laughs) It's her fucking bike. Because I am wait. here to protect people from why, their own bad decisions. Why, why would I want to is, wait until I crash in the nice like, yeah. when you I sound can sound like Kim Jong Il? I think I think her her deal is that you, that's money that could have been spent for new tires. I have new tires on the way. My okay. suspension's getting just done. More new shit. More right. new shit. I said more I ready. said instead of worrying about cosmetics, just worry about performance, suspension, and all that. But I've got that done. Yeah, so you're doing what's it, it but to there's you? still more you could do. <laughs> But you know, this obsession oh, like with plastics, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's someone sitting not far from me, and I'm not going to out him, <laughs> who also has a supermoto. Is he spending too much of his fucking time thinking about plastics? It's the only, it's one of the only cosmetic Mentioning no names, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking They're about. They're fucking plastics. Y'all have chrome and... They're not unobtainium. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's something that you can do to make it yours, and I want to make my bike mine. And yes, it's really pretty stock, which is why oh, you know keep all of those in a box. You should get right. a rotor. You should get a bigger rotor. Save the money for you get for plastics and put a bigger bigger set of rotors. Or I could do whatever the fuck I want. Well, you can do, <laughs> do whatever you want. I'm not saying you could do whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying it's. I think it, the I don't need spent. to do stoppies on it quite yet. So maybe I. Yeah, can you do. What that. are you fucking talking yeah, about? What the fuck it's you awesome, talking about? <laughs> not yet. No, don't. I will eventually. Don't um, just do the flat black cat. Do it like truck bed liner. I'm ew. and have the texture. Rhino liner? No, <laughs> I'm gonna do flat black with um with like accents of blue to match the powder coated uh, hubs. What one technical thing? Um, gas plastic gas tanks. They for some reason they're kind of permeable and they outgas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so painting it. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's it'll just bubble good. up. Yeah. It'll bubble. It'll, it'll just, just come yeah. off. Yeah. Either get a black tank or yeah. you know. Look at the pink decals. Yeah. Unless, unless I use any decals. I didn't have any problem with my Baja tank that I painted black. I rode that for quite a while, actually. No. You just yeah. got to do it the right way. Maybe after a year or so it might do it, but you just sand it down and fucking do it again. Mm-hmm. You pointed up towards mm-hmm. the attic. Are you talking about that old tank I found I sold on eBay? Yeah, that one. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I know you're full of shit. Um, <laughs> I just I, put an IMS tank you on You never mine. sell anything yeah. on eBay, Liza. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it depends on the plastic you use. It could be, it could be, yeah, it could be good. It's, it's, the, it's the ethanol. But honestly, yeah. the ethanol in our gas here that does mm-hmm. that. It does it to uh, Triumph had a recall because. Oh of that yeah! Shit. Wow. Um. Okay. So let's talk about somebody who did something right today. Fuck um, off. <laughs> <laughs> how about Emma is magic? Emma oh, what have magic. I done now? <laughs> you say magic. I, I, did you? Because Douglas has a magic diddle finger. Uh huh. <laughs> right here. I'm very interested. Too. Tell me so, about your diddle like finger, Douglas. You have to listen to the podcast. Okay. <laughs> he has fixed many <laughs> things with his motion. diddle finger. I'm interested. So, Emma, <laughs> why are you magic? What happened? Um, let me see. Well, you can't be talking about the Vulcan. 
So yeah. I'm thinking you're talking about some shadow 700 carbs with. Yeah. Zach, why is Emma magic? Because I have this piece of shit, <laughs> shadow 700, <laughs> that's been that's been burning. Uh, I guess been sitting in the sidewalk in front of my house for way too long, probably mm-hmm. about a year now. That never ran right. Wow. And Emma, I, I went to Emma and I'm like, so I have a question for you. And she's like, oh, well, and I was like, it has no power on the low end. It's all on the high high end. It just it doesn't, you know, it just chokes out if you try to, like, give it any gas until it gets to high revs. And she's like, oh, he's got to shim the needles. And no, 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 no. You've, you've, you've got to do the accent. You've got to shim the needles. 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 Right, oh. Yeah, right, yeah. Your pilot is fucked, mate. Yeah, it's fucked beyond belief, innit, eh? So I went I went and got I went and got that bike from my house and rode it back in terrible traffic and it was peeing coolant like it does. And um we shimmed the needles and we adjusted the mixture screws and wouldn't you know it, it runs much better now. The, she's, the carbs are out of sync, but it runs way, way better. You fattened cool. it up, yeah? Is that what basically happened? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Y- you know, cool. um, and it's a common problem I'm finding more and more. Yeah. Because as the quality of our gas here in California goes down, it seems... CV carburetors, those are the ones with the rubber diaphragms, mm-hmm. really are affected in the mid-range. Yeah. And virtually, when I get a set of carbs on my bench right now, even if it's on a stock bike with a stock exhaust and a stock mm-hmm. airbox, almost as part of the rebuild, I'll jack the needles up, either one or two notches on every carb, and I simply don't get, them any, get any coming back. They just run fat in the mid-range, and they seem to like it. Bosley, Bosley's so, getting away. Yeah. What's a car? All right. Somebody so, so now yeah. I know, yeah, I know what you're. Bosley I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I, I, I just dog. thought of that. <laughs> so now I can finally Bosley. get that piece of shit bike out of my life. Yeah. So right. another bike potentially for maybe for decent sale. money. For maybe yeah. decent money. Anyone need a Shadow Seven Hundred? I have. How one. much do you think you'd sell it for, dude? Uh, I put it up for fifteen hundred. Okay, work from there. And I would. I don't think I'd go fair. lower than one. That's because okay. that's what I'm in it for. Yeah. All right. Cool. And you know, even if you don't like cruisers. It's a great place to start Mm -hmm. if you want to learn your craft. And I've had this conversation with Doug many times. And it's it's more about... It's not about power. It's about ease of riding. You want a bike that's low. You want to be able to get feet flat on the ground. You want a wide handlebar. And cruisers (laughs) fit the bill. Yep. And even if it's not your bag, you start on a cruiser, you learn your craft. This and sort of thing isn't on. my bag, baby. It's not my bag, baby. It's not my bag, baby. Oh, blimey. Once again, Emma, thank you for being you and being yeah. magic. And, yes. And you saved me yes. so you know, this much. Is, this is my grand plan, you see. I'm going to save all the misfits from themselves. Yeah. <laughs> You're the best. I know. Emma, Emma <laughs> may you. be magic, but someone in this room is a bonehead. Hell. You, anyone want to guess who won Bonehead of the Week? Dun, 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 dun. Hi. It's, it's <laughs> not. Hello. So, this fucking guy. So here's, knock. This is great. Uh, I lost my keys, or at least I thought I lost my keys, or I had them stolen oh, no. from my motorcycle. Oh, no. And so, up in uh, San Francisco. In San Francisco. So I had to punch my ignition and my gas tank and uh, immobilize the bike with some blocks. And then, like, five minutes before I, uh, you know, 
I wanted to leave, I found the fucking keys. Yeah. <laughs> Where were they? They were, I looked everywhere and everywhere the night before. Like, I was like about to go to sleep. It was like one o'clock or something. And they go, oh, I don't have my damn keys. Where are my keys? Turns out they were stuck underneath the tank bag on the magnet. <laughs> oh. So, like, when I picked up my bag, I looked for them. I was like, man, they're, they're not there. Because they're oh, no. stuck on the fucking tank bag. This, this happened to that's, me, that's happened like, to three me years too. ago. Yeah, it was yeah. bullshit, man. Wow. Yeah, I, I, found, I found missing bolts in the bottom of my tank bag before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I shit, uh, I'm, you know, you have that moment where you're, I'm fucking taking a screwdriver and hitting it. With a hammer on my bike, I'm like, I'm here now. And you're like, nobody is, call the cops, please. This is nobody. what I'm doing right now, like an asshole. I'm just hammering my bike with a screwdriver. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it worked, obviously, but, like, I just felt like a total ass doing it and yeah. felt totally That's worse. Liza can teach it. you how to hotwire a bike. She knows all about you hotwire. Know, I, I, yes. I wanted to hotwire it and do it the nice, neat way, but the, the harness was underneath the dash. Wow. I need to access to the tank, too. I mean, anyway, Nock, so. how much do you think it's going to cost you to straighten out those locks? Um, 80 bucks. There's ah, the, I, so it's, yeah, no, yeah. like a new set of 190, and I went on eBay, and luckily the VTR is kind of a cult bike, but there's a they made kind of a lot of them, and um, all those parts, all the eBay parts are cheap. Full set of locks, tumbler, uh, the ignition uh, uh, trunk, and the uh, gasket. Okay, one key, two keys, two keys. Yeah, okay, that's you not got bad. Yeah. cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's 80 bucks. You got off light, no? Yeah, no, yeah. I know that's uh, asshole tax, you know. <laughs> just carry yeah. the screwdriver around. Well, yeah, yeah, I got fancied it. I'd be Free. pretty cool if I just carried my bike with the screwdriver like a rubber. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you just do like like we all do and just put a light switch on there. Yeah, Furiosa switch. Yeah, that's what I got on my XR, but yeah. So I wanted to get to what our big topic is today because I'm kind of excited about this. So um, when Cody Webb was here a few weeks ago, um, he told us about how mm. he's just finishing up his degree in engineering and how he had designed a an electric dirt bike. Um, so we were talking about electric dirt bikes, and um, he said that he had ridden a Redshift by Alta that had really impressed him and he really liked it. Uh, for those who don't know, Cody Webb is one of the uh, top uh, enduro cross, um, super super, wait, super enduro riders. Uh, Ayersberg came in second place. First American to podium. He's right. an amazing writer. So for him, so for him to ride uh, an electric bike and to be impressed by it, that's a big deal. So we have uh, Mark Fenigstein here from Alta Motors, who makes the Redshift. Thank he, you for coming. He just I'm hard to sit through that entire carburetor. <laughs> Conversation, yeah. just like shaking his head. So confused. <laughs> Gasoline. Car carb carburetor. Carburetor. Yes. What word? dinosaurs put on their yeah, bikes? What, what is this alchemy? <laughs> yes. So I'm always talking about. I know in the rest of the country, the whole infrastructure is just just starting to happen for electric vehicles. But out here, where we are, especially in you know the San Francisco area. It's happening. The future is here. The future is now, I keep saying. Um, so I wanted to talk about your electric bikes. So let's just first cover a bit um, the history. How long has the company been around? The uh, company was started 2010. Um, there were four of us originally. and uh, um, But actually, my two co-founders, Jeff and Derek, they'd been kicking around the idea since something like 2007, 2008. And... Um, 
Jeff and Derek, they'd been riding together for 20 years, been collaborating on different projects, different products. Both of them were product designers, um, manufacturers. And Derek was a former pro uh, racer in his teens, flat track speedway, came from, he's a third generation oh, racer rad. on both sides of his family. His speedway. uncle's in the Hall of Fame. Um, his mom and dad were on Triumph posters in the, in the 60s. I think his mom raced too. Uh, cool. Jeff was a amateur racer, road racer, and then off-road hair scrambles for years. And anyway, they they were riding buddies. Um, and uh, Derek had a second pro career in the early 2000s in Supermoto, and he was heading out testing some new parts for his um, factory 450. Cranked it up to like close to 60 horsepower. It should have been a whole lot faster. And he was actually slower in his lap times. And it started this conversation of like, what what makes a rider fast right and um they were like well control right if it doesn't matter if you have 70 horsepower coming out of the thing if you can't put it to the ground you're not getting around the track any faster and man uh what you know what makes for control it's all this perfectly predictable torque curve like Mm -hmm. an electric motor oh like an electric motor i wonder wonder when electrics are going to be faster and the two of them kind of hit the books and and started piecing together what was theoretically possible with like the very best of electric tech and on paper it actually looked like you could build a faster motocross bike or faster supermoto i know you're saying because i keep saying i've become a faster and faster rider i've not become a better rider i just keep buying better bikes (laughs) 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 faster bikes (laughs) i just keep buying better bikes so yes i know exactly what you're saying how do you get better you get better performance out of the bike exactly right it's all about elevate like everybody wants to be better than they were the week before you want to Mm -hmm. elevate your game um and we do all kinds of crazy shit to do that right like pipes and sprockets and tires and clutches and carburetors and cams and shot well uh, but that's that's actually worth it shocks and forks you'll get no criticism from me but there's all kinds of of other other stuff that we we do to our bikes (laughs) me included ignitions i don't think i don't think any of my well only my my dirt bike has still has the stock exhaust, right? So I'm an idiot just like everybody else, um, <laughs> and we all do it because we think it's going to make us faster. We think it's going to make us better. Um, but control control is what really makes us better, and you do that either by improving yourself or by figuring out a way for the bike to kind of meld with your brain a little better. So had so they started this whole concept, and then they brought you in to make it happen. Yeah, so they'd they'd spent, like I said, two years of nights and weekends trying to figure out whether this thing could work. And at the end of that, they had a complete, like, ground-up, clean-sheet design of this electric motorcycle in CAD, just on the screen. And this was uh, for dirt only at the time? Dirt only, but we had our eyes on Supermoto, too, given given Derek's background. And um, they were like, huh, you know what? The numbers work. We actually think this bike could be faster like you know and it wasn't about i mean of course like land access is awesome and we'd rather be cleaner than than dirty but really it was like we think this is a better bike and you're talking like in the 250 class this is what was 250 was the target um going back to control it's you know there's especially in the dirt there's really only a handful of folks on the planet that can put more than 45 horsepower to the ground yeah um and so it's about putting like everything from five to 40 to the ground and if you can do that then you've got a faster bike for most people okay hold on one second you're trying to tell me that the reason people should ride an electric bike isn't because they can save gas in the world but because they can get 
ultimately more performance out of it. Well, what? I'm glad you asked. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is kind of something we, we want to talk about. And this is why I'm saying this is what we're seeing happening here. Everyone is, it keeps thinking about, oh, save the world, save the gas. But what Which you're talking fine, about is yeah. the potential performance is greater yeah well i mean the, the fact is like we we ride motorcycles because they're shit loads of fun mm -hmm. and if you aren't giving someone a motorcycle that is more fun than their last one mm -hmm. you're not moving anything you're not changing anything and um there was all kinds of stuff that we suspected was going to happen when we built the bike and then there's a whole lot of extra stuff that that emerged once we actually had one built and we started to test and so that original hypothesis of like oh you're gonna have more control that has totally borne out but then there's all this extra stuff um like imagine imagine if you had to play guitar that was like strapped to a, a thumper right a guitar that had a one cylinder engine on it like try to play guitar you'd have a really really hard time feeling everything that you're doing well that's right. like your hands mm -hmm. on your grips that's you're playing your motorcycle especially supermoto where you're trying to feel the front end push mm -hmm. all of that stuff is muted by this by this piston that's that's like paint shaking the whole bike you remove that vibration and you start feeling all these sensations through the grips and the pegs and your hips that you have never felt before on a motorcycle i mean you hear like you know rossi and gp guys talk about this stuff and you're like oh yeah i know what they're talking about sure yeah like right. no i've never felt that and then you get on an electric and you're pushing into a corner say at, at you know the sears cart track and you actually like you feel and you hear the front tire slipping and you don't panic because you you under you actually understand what's going on through yeah. your hands in a way you never have before. You're feeling the road. You yeah. don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I if I do that on my R6, right? I leave a skid mark in my shorts. Right. But all of a sudden on the electric, it's like it isn't a panic, and so you don't chop throttle or do anything stupid. You you find yourself just doing what you're supposed to do and like pull it back in line, nice and easy. So let's talk about. So what are the bikes that Alta makes right now? Uh, so we build a platform called the Redshift. There's two models of that today. Um, the first one coming out is a, an MX, a motocrosser. It's actually an awesome trail bike, too. Um, comes in about 250 pounds, 40 horsepower. That's rad. And <laughs> literally every single person we've ever put on this bike has been not only faster, but they've had more fun than than any other bike mm -hmm. and that was the mission like our our test the whole way along was if i walked into an infinite garage with infinite amount of money is this the bike i want to throw a leg over for my day in the dirt and that was our test and and i truly i honestly <clears throat> believe we've we've delivered that um and the crazy thing is is like so we, we just had a couple of bikes three bikes out at mammoth motocross which was this this weekend mm -hmm. the the national um we weren't weren't able to compete in the national but we were in free practice mm -hmm. and uh Josh Hill, retired pro, was mowing down the 250s in free practice on this bike. So it, the performance is there. It's the real deal. On the other end of the spectrum, we can put folks who are like beginner intermediates on the same bike. Like you would never put them on a. I was going to say, yeah. like if you take a 250 two stroke, you're not going to throw a beginner on that. Not unless you want to kill them. If you right. really have a grudge <laughs> against that beginner, oh, I'll take I a dirt you. ride. Yeah, but sure. yeah. you're saying your bike, it's going to be race you know busting balls race capable and also 
gentle beginner capable? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it not gentle. gentle but, um, <laughs> okay, but but you're not gonna. Well, are they gonna loop I mean, the, it? The same things that make it fast. The same control yeah. that makes it fast makes it accessible, right? right? It gives you exactly what you ask for. So there, you just um, you don't get those surprises. I mean, you're still prone to whiskey throttle. Um, the bikes have been crashed plenty uh, and usually come out better than the riders. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you can put a responsible beginner on it. And you know the bike will only give them what they they ask for. Do you have a throttle trim, something like that? Uh, the- well, I mean it's it's infinitely variable. So you you could set it up with like half power or top speed yeah. limited. That's not the way the bikes are shipping. Which also means yeah, um, you could start someone on this bike and like open it up as they as they get better. Uh, so that that's one way to go. But I mean the the first bar was just can it compete at the top level, and then it was this really nice surprise that everybody has more fun on it so how is that working are they able to compete against 250 gas powered bikes how are the the sanctioning committees handling this so we're working on that um so far local regional races have been super open to it anything that's bringing out more riders more crowds they're happy with it we've been able to run it in lights class in 250s pretty much everywhere supermoto usa um we we for the san jose indoor flat track we created our own 250 class um but the idea was we wanted to make sure we were competing against the gas bikes Mm -hmm. and then definitely like open class vet races i don't think anybody local regional is going to have a problem um with with you running the bike uh national level and international we're working on um ama and especially uh fim have all been pretty open and even aggressive about getting the bikes um, I mean, FIM sees it as uh, part of their their future opportunity to open up Good. new venues, bring in new sponsors, bring in new crowds into the sport. What about when when your riders are kicking other riders' asses? Are they like complaining? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Um, right? It's yeah. not fair, man. That's alien technology. Yeah, we the first race that we did was, was I think it was back in November. We did uh, Sacramento Supermoto USA round and um, competed in the 250s, and it was it was a rainy day, um, and our our rider just smoked all of the 250s. Started from the back because we were unranked in the heats, finished uh, first place in the heat, and then ran away with it from the pole. So then we decided to run it in the 450s and um, started on the back row again and passed everybody in the field except for the pole. The guy oh, wow. in the pole had, had pulled too far away, oh, but we were, we were reeling him in. That's awesome. So, yeah, so we came in second there, and the guy who got bumped to third definitely had some choice words to, to <laughs> say about the whole thing. But, I mean, it's racing, right? The, the yeah. goal in racing is yeah. to go faster. You just step yeah. your game up, son. If yeah, you have right? another way to go fast, it was open class, so you can bring any bike you want, and may the fastest bike win. Okay, wow. so you got this dirt bike. And what's retail on this? It is fourteen nine nine five. Don't worry, we'll get around to the justifying, because technically this is a race. Comes bike. with a jar of Vaseline. <laughs> 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 wait, w- but why it doesn't have an exhaust effect? <laughs> oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gross. Hey, Mr. Motosexual, we know what you do when you're adjusting your valves. Hey, that's between yeah. me and my valves, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what other bike do y'all have? Personally. 
No, no, no. Oh. You have another the oh, SM. Oh, Tell you us mean about. Alta. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So we also make the SM. So um, this is kind of great serendipity. Um, Supermotos are the most fun bikes on the planet. I think we all agree. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. Go ahead and turn your mic up a little yep. bit. There, there is there is nothing more fun than a supermoto. There you go. But the um, there's two two problems with them. One is the emissions if you actually want like a proper race supermoto mm-hmm. something built from a 250 or 450 um some states you can plate it california you definitely can't and then the other is the maintenance they're on five hour oil changes 20 hour mm-hmm. valve adjustments mm-hmm. 360 hours on yeah. i haven't changed my oil once since i got that <laughs> bike. and that's if you're riding it off-road twice when you start riding them on road and you have the thing pinned at red line so much more you probably should be changing the oil every like two two and a half hours yeah. they don't they it, truck it, it burns they, enough to where it you, burns enough that it just, just constantly keep, just keeps yeah, have new oil itself. like once yeah. a week. Perfect. Yeah. It's about a quarter week. Um, so right. electric, yeah. no emissions, no maintenance. You can finally have like a race supermoto every day without all the the hassle. And what about range? Perfect for the city. Yeah. <laughs> range, range is about fifty miles of flogging the shit out of it. Yeah. What's That's the top decent. speed? Comes geared for eighty. You could gear it taller with a. Um, but that's you know it's a compromise of top end speed low end torque mm-hmm. at 80 it'll still lift the front wheel anywhere from 0 to 35 40 and um, you get a 270 pound bike up to 80 miles an hour with no wind protection that mm-hmm. tall it gets pretty miserable yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but are, are you talking about a bike that I mean is it pretty much race ready if somebody wants to use it for flat track or sumo or yeah absolutely it's pretty that, much I mean, race ready right no, it's the same bike that we ran at at uh the two or three supermoto usa rounds that that we've competed in um pull the lights and uh a little bit of suspension tweaking and slicks and you're good to go and w- wow what kind of uh, like suspension braking brakes are you putting on yep. your bikes so all top of the line <laughs> stuff um wp uh link rear cartridge front all fully adjustable brembo four piston radial mount uh Mm -hmm. front brake on the sumo um neck and bars uh yeah it's all it's all top notch really ready for the track stuff is that adjustable or is the offset adjustable for i mean if it's a race ready bike yeah our triples are offset adjustable i think they're 18 and 22 that's pretty cool are the uh the settings on that and pretty cool um so it's the same uh, fork leg, fork body mm-hmm. as um, as other WPs that KTM is, is using. Oh, yeah. But we run a different triple and um, our own front hub with wider spacing so you don't have to dick around with um, shaving down calipers to fit the yeah. four piston. Okay, yeah. Okay. Those are radial, you said? So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, so it, it actually ends up being a pretty nice setup for maybe some other bikes if you want to get that radial. That's super cool. And calipers. what's the price on this bike? That one's fifteen four ninety five. <laughs> and how many bikes do you get with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you get, you get a race bike and you get two. two, two, two yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not priced out a race bike, but for people who are buying a bike and having to strip all the, redo all the suspension and everything to make a race bike, aren't you getting up close to these numbers? Yeah, that's a ballpark price for a like, race supermoto. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's if you got to you got to buy the the big brake, the seventeens, yeah. especially if you're buying new forks with a radial mount. Oh, um, um, yeah. Forgive me if I missed this already. Your bikes are not plated. The SM, the SM is plated. So there's also a $1,500 federal tax rebate right now. Gotcha. In California. No, federal. Oh, federal. federal, Yeah, California, there's another $900 off. So you're you're getting down to 
14, 13, depending on what state you're in, on the SM. Um, and so especially, yeah, if you're converting, you know, a, a 450, um, you probably are coming out about the same. And like I said, no maintenance. So you guys are also kind of ahead of the curve on technology. What do you have going on there? Yep. So um, to make this bike work and hit the numbers that we wanted, um, we spent about the first four years together just on technology development. Um, the battery alone is uh, in a couple of ways, sort of a generation or two ahead of what Tesla is doing. Hmm. Um, hmm. Pound for pound, it's about 80% more miles than anything else in, in electric motorcycles. Wow. Because right. I have to say, I mean, how much did you hmm. say that the MX weighs again? 250. 251. Because, I mean, right off the bat, I just am under the assumption that an electric bike is going to be heavy. With batteries, yeah, that that is one of the things that has originally put me off about the electric bikes. But well, if it's if it's racing in a 250 class, it's, it's not too far off from a 250 dirt bike. Yeah, the 250s yeah. are like 235. Yeah, so on it's paper, not, it's, not too much. it's about a 15 pound difference. The the reality is, uh, if we don't tell people how much the bikes weigh, and we just send them out. They come back thinking it's like two stroke weight. Because yeah. the, the mass is so much more centralized. Mm-hmm. On a gas bike, mm-hmm. you got your crankcase down low, your tank, and your pipe up high. And the way it rolls left, right, left, right, um, it's, uh, you know, you ha- it's like a pendulum. And on the electric, all that mass is in the middle. So when you're rolling through S's or transitions, it feels crazy light. So, all right, you're buying, like, the suspension and, and controls from existing companies. But when you're talking about technology, I mean... All right, we need to kind of explain this because everyone is used to a, a, a gas bike and what you're putting into the engineering and design of that. So for an electric bike, when you're talking technology, can you be more specific? Yeah, so kind of everything from the headstock to the rear <clears throat> axle is clean sheet. Um, it, it uses the same ergonomics, suspension, and kind of chassis dynamics as any motocrosser that, that's out there. It fits mm-hmm. kind of right within the space of the top five. Um, but the way all of that connected is, is connected is unique to us. The motor is a clean sheet design. It's about half the size of any other 40 horsepower motor you'd, you'd find out wow. there. The power cool. electronics, uh, we developed the hardware and the software. It's about a third the size of anything we've seen in this power class before. Um, mm-hmm. And then the battery I mentioned uh, is you know about 50 or 60% the size of anything else that came before. And then the chassis that houses it all together, it's kind of a fully integrated system. A um, couple of patents on the battery and the chassis. Uh, nobody's ever put together a chassis like this before. Um, front monocoque that's all forging. Uh, wow. Any... any um, any metallurgy nerds? Yeah, yeah. Sulfur, uh, a little bit. aluminum or what? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's uh, all alloy frame, and um, forging is basically the the strongest uh, form of wrought metal. It's stronger even than like CNC machine from is billet. It, is it a? It's a monocoque. It's a single piece of aluminum that they forge, or it, there it's pieces four are... four main pieces okay. that um, are assembled so that none of the welds are in high stress zones. So we, we, Rad. the patents are on the way. We, we located the welds to all be outside. Of Knock, is this turning you on? Yeah, it is. This is the, 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 the S. Learned how to weld about. aluminum weeks ago. And, you know, fuck yeah. And wait, there's more. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Get him a tissue and a, and a, and a baseball mitt. This is what the Vaseline is for. So it's a, it's a liquid cooled drivetrain, but you won't. What? 
Some more. <laughs> 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 you won't, you won't right find now. any radiator yeah. on the oh. bike, and that's because that same front forged um, uh, monocoque is the radiator. It's a heat wow. sink. It acts as a heat sink. Double heat, duty. It's a combined heat sink and radiator. So yeah, it's so fed through the through the frame, or is it fed through the frame? So wow. kind of like oil in the frame, but it's like not, it's way cooler. Some water, <laughs> water in the frame. Yeah, yeah. somebody's gonna have to explain what monocoque is to me. One cock. One cock. One cock. Just one. Just a single it, cock. I have an image, but there's one right one. above you. Yeah. Oh no, there's two actually. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, hold on, Michael, oh. you're you're not on. Sorry. There, we got it. What, what'd you say? This is possibly four, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They actually they have spider webs on them. We Ugh, did no digging today. Can't we, yeah. Those Can somebody please explain what monocoque means? I, I think it's French for just one piece. Yes. Okay. But it yeah. sounds so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a duo cock. Even in a head. French accent. One piece. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the subframe on that, from what I understand, it's all uh, composite. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All uh, engineered resins and composites. So there's no metal in the subframe. Yeah. Okay. That turned me on a well, little now. Yeah. That's rad. <laughs> but I, yeah. uh, there's no hot pipe to to soften up. You know all those. Oh, hot pipes. <laughs> hot pipes. Monocoque stand. It stays. Oh, we're staying in the house. recycle yeah. uh, <laughs> tradition here. All right, and and of course, um, I want I wanted to get into sort of the um, like myths about these because. I mean, we everyone goes through the same phase of dismissing electric bikes because I heard this or because of this. Um, so I just wanted to get into some of those. Uh, and one of the things for me that it seems like on a dirt bike, how durable is this going to be? Can you really flog it? Is it got all that all that fragile electronics in there? You know, I'm not going to take my stereo and throw it down a hill. Well, it depends on how, how good the stereo is. Maybe. Oh, no, so really, so <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. No, how, how do you? How does it hold uh, up? There's uh, there's some good video up, um, definitely on our our Facebook page of um, one of our our test riders uh, overshooting like a 90 footer and landing flat down below it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the bike rolls away fine. That we. So you uh, set him up for the that, rider? didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we just happen to have three cameras set up for no, that. He, he uh, he got a little overzealous chasing uh, Chris Kiefer around the track, mm. and um, it it turns out that there's some good reasons to scrub speed off of those jumps <laughs> if you're um, like if you're matching matching speed with a top pro. Yeah, um, yeah. The the chassis tests out at 30 40 percent stronger than anything else we've we've tested. So that's you know the other motocrossers in the space, and um, we we have a pretty extensive testing facility um you know all these bikes have seen hundreds or even thousands of uh, at least hundreds of hours on vibe tables vibe table huh um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, we have this way of reducing anything high class to just what we do right now. Yeah, is, is hey John, come on in, man. Is Hollister Hills one of your test areas? It is, yeah. Yes. Um, I'm sure folks have seen us out at Metcalf, Hollister, Carnegie, 408, uh, Club Moto, and then we did a SoCal tour, Glen Helen. Um, the metal militia compound, I and mean, the bike the bike has hit and and missed the the big jumps, and the bike has rolled away fine. We have, in fact, Vin Vin one of the the MX. So this is the first production bike, but it's part of our test fleet. Has I think 120 130 hours on it. This is motocross testing at a pro mm -hmm. level, and the drivetrain is untouched. 
So, yeah. you know, think about that compared to any other motocross. We're going to be there. down in Hollister yeah. on 4th of July if you want to bring one of these there. down. Yeah. <laughs> you want to bring some for We're going to be the only it? people there because no one's ever there. On we go every so. year on 4th of July because huh. it's empty. Yeah. I'm going to be there all I will weekend. check the calendar and, and see what the bikes yeah. are doing. Yeah, that would be sweet. Um, and what about, like, water? How's it handle that? Because electronics and water does not seem like a good Fully match. submersible. Here we yeah. go. Can right. run the bus. Here we go. Underwater. It's nice. brushless. Ooh. Oh, wait right. a minute. So, oh, wait. Okay. Like, nope. at, oh, really? Yeah. Fully like, like, you could ride it into a swimming pool? And out of the swimming pool. Wow. Yeah. Oh. That's, <laughs> okay. so can, That's pretty so cool. It can do Throw on your scuba process. gear. It's like a full body. Uh, <laughs> Somebody nah. get knock a cigarette. Nah, and he's done. Grab yeah, a rag. Knock three down. cigarettes. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about water crossings. You don't have to worry about that like big puddle swallowing your bike. Or riding yeah. through monsoon. Alright, yeah. so let's get to the other myths. What 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 do people hit you with that you're used to just what's on like the frequently asked questions? Uh well, you know, there's always the noise question. Um uh, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. you know this is coming. Stop hating, man. Look, it. that's <laughs> my one complaint, is it sounds like a Cuisinart. It does not sound like it a Cuisinart. It sounds like a oh, Cuisinart. You, you obviously have not heard what a fucking Cuisinart yeah. sounds like, because it doesn't sound like you're, that. You're hearing the fine symphony mm-hmm. of yeah. helical mm-hmm. gears meshing. You see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. You hear that High shit? speed motor. Is it chain or belt? It is chain. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, you need the the durability and that's, to be that's able to, cool. to yeah. switch. Up I, your, I thought your it was a belt, and I know that Zero does belts, and I really just don't like the belts. The whole reason well, well, I think behind belt. Zero's belting is because of the noise. I think that that was their main complaint. Right, but Zero's MX, I think, uses a chain too, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, I think when they I were building, right. yeah, they used I the chain on right. road. The belt belt makes a ton of sense for for on road. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds like two angry cats. It sounds like a Cuisinart. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It sounds like angry cats. It doesn't sound like a Cuisinart. So full of shit. <laughs> no, um, but, but the, the advantage... aren't complaining. Yeah. You know, yes. the other yeah. advantage in a race, can they hear you coming? Yeah. Uh, they, um, they, they won't hear you coming, and you can heckle people. <laughs> so... Some of, the, some of the most fun is like, all right, one motorcycle is fun, two motorcycles are racing, and, yeah. and taking two of these things out, like the first time we did that was a magical day, um, and there's a great video of actually Chris Kiefer again, just heckling the shit out of my co-founder, Derek, who's a fast rider, <laughs> right? Right. former pro, but Kiefer is like all over him, stand up, stand up, and then like, <laughs> you can see Derek hears him and like stands up, because he was sitting down and being lazy, and then he flops over, and Kiefer's you know, yelling at him, just stuff that you couldn't normally do. Um, if you had a louder bike. Yep. All right. So, okay. But what other myths are you hitting? So people, what people complain about, well, what's the charge time? You know, and I yep. can't wait for it to charge. It doesn't go far enough. So hit us with the deets. Sure. So the, the bikes have about a 50-mile range. W- works out to, depending on rider and terrain, two hours of trail time. So we're talking the dirt bike now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, 50 miles <laughs> on the road, two hours on the trails. Um, it's... it's uh, for pretty much most riders, it's enough for a full moto. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from a 220 source, it's a two and a half hour charge. Okay. Right? And bad. so, yeah, so, you know, it's not the sort of thing that, like, you want to sit at a gas station for two and a half hours. And um, one of the things that we were, we tried to be really careful to do was pick applications where our range actually worked for the, the full day. And if, if the range 
doesn't work for your full day, sorry, you got to stick with a gas bike. And that, that's a bummer for you because the electric is more fun and faster. But, um, you know, if your thing is cross country and you're doing hundred mile plus days, mm-hmm. um, you got to stick with the, the gas bike for now. Exactly. For yep. now. For and, now. And there isn't any way to add like a second battery to the bike to increase the range right as of yet. Or well, sources. Yeah, so like battery is, is kind of a design decision, right? You can add right. more range. We could have put twice as much battery in the mm-hmm. bike, but then it would be a $20,000 dirt bike that uh, weighs 330 or 40 pounds, right? Yeah. And so you're you're always balancing those things. Mm-hmm. And um, the like I said earlier, the, the key for us was make sure this is the most fun dirt bike anybody's ever thrown a leg over. Right. And then pick the applications where that range isn't a compromise yeah. and not try and oversell it beyond that. Like right? Ideally, you'd have a spare battery, but how much would a spare battery be? Well, you could ride while one's charging. Yeah, well, the, the battery is swappable, but what we ended up finding, even though we engineered it to be swappable, is that your money's better spent on a on a 5,000 watt generator with 220. Yeah. And so we, when we head out testing, that's what we actually bring a, a 7,000 watt, so we can charge two bikes fast charging at the same time. Um, and what ends up happening, especially like California OHV style trails, you do an hour, hour and a half of loops, you stop for water and food, you top the bikes up while you do that, and you end up getting like a five, six hour day. It's a full day. Is that a green sticker or a red sticker generator? <laughs> <laughs> it is green sticker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the other thing we haven't really talked about is the maintenance. I mean, we talk about, okay, so you, yeah, you have to factor in like you're saving gas and stuff. And if you're a commuter, that's a big deal. Um, but what we also need to factor in is maintenance. So on uh, a supermoto or even just a standard bike, <laughs> really we do have to factor in oil a changes oil and a week. <laughs> fire cleanup <laughs> and this and that. So <clears throat> what exactly has to be maintained on it? The drivetrain is no maintenance. So it's it's engineered for a thousand hours, right. and I've never seen a motocrosser with a, a thousand hours. Um, no air, no oil, no valves. Definitely no top and bottom end. You got to do tires, brake pads, chains and sprockets, um, and then you know you got to take care of the chassis too. So every once in a while you're gonna have to do wheel bearings, chassis bearings, yeah. um, like any any off road bike. But the drivetrain you don't have to touch. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fifteen thousand dollar dirt bike, but if you're not doing your own top and bottom ends, you only do air and oil like me because you're a bad mechanic. Um, <laughs> you end up coming out ahead by hundred hours, and then anything after that, you're actually mm-hmm. saving money. That's more um, riding time, man. Especially yeah. compared to a two stroke, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then knack definitely more more riding time. Like especially if you're a bad mechanic, so you you figure out ways to turn like a simple oil change into three hours of work and a, yeah, and a missed ride. Can you imagine all an environmental disaster? If you didn't have to do your valves all the time. Oh God, I can imagine. You'd you could have save no thirty hours a week. I know, I know, <laughs> totally. So uh, all right, Mama's so Mama's crying too. <laughs> Are there any other myths and truths you want to throw out there? I want to make sure because. We're used to it here. Again, we're yeah. we're into this whole electric thing, but in the rest of the country, there's a lot of grumbling well, I, still. I don't think I don't think people realize yet that these bikes are the real deal, and and we see it, you know, in the comments, and we see it on the the forums, mm-hmm. um, and actually, we even see it when we we put people on the bike. So um, we had. Uh, 
we had a, a pretty fast amateur on the bike and he took it out on this this private track and like the first thing he said he's like oh it's like it's almost like a real bike and uh, <laughs> such and confirmation bike yeah he thought that that was like that was a big compliment and then he described how he had just hit a step up that he can't hit on his own bike and he wouldn't <laughs> even have attempted on a friend's bike and this was his first time ever riding the thing and so there's this big gap between like perception where even after riding it it still takes a while to kind of reel it all in and realize yeah. like no, no no this is a full pro level performance bike and in a lot of ways faster than anything else out there all right so the other thing i want to talk about so we talk about zero all the time because they're you know another one of our local companies closer to us and it seems like you kind of followed in the path of zero zero first started out doing dirt bikes and filling that niche and then they kind of vacated it and you came in has that been that's been fruitful for you then yeah, I think so far, I mean, we're just getting bikes into market right now, so we'll, we'll see how the market responds. But um, so far, the deposits are looking great. Bikes are sold out for months, um, and uh, it, it feels like we, we kind of got the formula right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we started in the same spot for different reasons. Um, now, I, I shared the origin story of Derek as a, a pro racer, and, and that was the goal from the beginning. Um, I think there are lots of other opportunities for electric off-road, and and so you see uh, KTM doing kind of the same thing as where Zero started. There's like great opportunity yeah. for mm-hmm. for off-road play bikes and for this whole spectrum of bikes between a mountain bike and motorcycles, and and they've evolved from there, and obviously that's treating them well. Um, so that's you guys are, I, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, that, you, you'd asked about myths. I think. You know, one of the other things that it's going to take folks a while to realize is just like with gas bikes, there's a hundred different genres, right? Mm-hmm. It's not really electric versus electric. It's like, okay, for this application, here's the gas bikes and here's the electric bikes. And you're going to have everything from, you know, the equivalent of electric SV650s mm-hmm. to a CRF450. And you would never compare an yeah. SV650 and a CRF450, right. but we think of them all as electric today and i don't think you know in five years yeah, from now we won't yeah it's kind of like um when it comes to electric vehicles i mean you i guess you could see maybe like motorcycles specifically uh aren't you kind of like a tip of the spear kind of a thing because you're kind of lighter weight and more power and more range and you're kind of on the bleeding edge as far as uh development all right yeah well i think i think we put um, more more time, or we, we we put a lot into developing the technology. That was the first four years, like I said, of this, which um, mm-hmm. it's like four unpaid years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy in retrospect, um, and I don't think we would have done it if we knew what we were getting into. But then once once we were done with that, yeah, um, we kind of we have a little bit of magic bottled up in that tech. And these are the first two bikes. One because it's the kind of bikes we love to ride yeah. and it's a place that electric actually has some real advantages but the stuff that we've we've created um I, there's a whole lot more we can do with it sounds like you guys space. really smart about how you're rolling this stuff out i, I mean you I, found I so. you found it seems to me you found the niche where they, they would excel 
that's that's the plan um you know that it's, it's for the market to say and and like i said the bikes are just rolling out so we're all really excited to hear what people have to say about that uh, i had one more question about the batteries what's the the average life expectancy how many years you get out of the battery before it starts diminishing in performance the the battery is also engineered for about a thousand hour life works out to depending on your street use somewhere between twenty five thousand fifty thousand miles okay which for a supermoto Again, like, that's a lifetime and a half. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a long way. Yep. That's pretty cool. And, you know, my opinion as a wrench, and as a very, very old time wrench. I mean, I'm the oldest. They're going to put you out of business. But you know what? That's the future. It's, it might not happen next year. It might not even happen in five years. But what Mark is doing is the future. And I couldn't agree with it more. It's a wonderful thing. I had some experience a couple of years ago on a Brahmo, Brahmo, excuse mm-hmm. me, which is a very different animal to uh, an Alter. It's a it's a bigger street bike, but you don't know what linear power delivery is until you've ridden an electric bike. They're amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. You open the throttle a little bit, you get a little bit of power. You open it a lot, you get a lot of power. You can do anything you want with them. They're absolutely fantastic. But like like you, Liza, I'm troubled with the soundtrack, or the lack thereof. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I, yeah, you feel like you're being followed do, by a John's got something to say. He's gesticulating wild wildly over here. <laughs> a Somebody swarm of bees is behind No, you got something to I, say, I man. I was just stick gesticulating wildly Um, (laughs) but what i always tell people when i rode electric dirt bikes uh was i felt a little bit well i didn't feel like ashley filek because i can't ride like ashley filek but i felt a little bit like her in the fact that you can't hear the bike and i didn't realize how much time i spent using the sounds of the bike to know how much power i was putting Mm -hmm. down and Mm. and how fast i was gonna hit something like i I would take jumps and tabletops and stuff and it was like i'd go through it one time and it would be short and i'd go through it another time and it would be shorter you know (laughs) but i think i was giving it more and then i'd go through it and i'd go way long and then i'd come through and i go okay i think i got this now and i'd be and i would like not even air and that (laughs) that took a, a while to get used to yeah, well, so um, we run that internal gear reduction, one, because it allows us to have this really compact high-speed motor, but also because it gives you some sound back, whatever Liza might say about about <laughs> the sound. That feedback is absolutely critical. You need it as a rider, yeah. and it tells you how fast you're going, and it tells you how much throttle you're giving the bike, but it's not so loud that you're pissing off neighbors, um, and it, it it's, uh, it's still quiet enough that, like I was saying earlier, you can hear the tire slipping like hill climbs it's crazy the way the bike climbs especially the more technical it gets because oh, it's all torque it's what it, you want you yeah know? It, well one you can't stall it the torque is yeah. instantaneous it's not rubbery like a, a recluse and mm-hmm. um and when you're like trying to restart on a hill which is the most miserable experience mm-hmm. imaginable you can roll it on real gently and you can hear the tire like and right. and you know exactly when you're spinning up or or gripping, um, I mean, and it, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a tons of tons of things that this bike would be a lot better than a, a internal combustion motor for hard enduros. Uh, I can't wait to see um, someone do trials. Electric trials bike might be incredible. There's a, a French company called Electric Motion that actually competed. Uh, in the European or maybe even the world championships with an electric trials bike and did really well. 
Um, so it's oh, a, that's a great application. Yeah, you have for to it. Yeah. you have to do the accents. They competed in the trial and they were very good. Well, that's something I really want to see. Talk about needing torque now. Yeah, you know. I know that when yeah when we were at the. British bike show and they were doing the indoor flat track a bunch of us went over to go watch because you hear these motors you know you hear the inside it's exciting we went over and there was this one person on a silent bike who just was like lapping people just like past them and it was on a redshift and we were just kind of sitting there just laughing our ass off because it was like perfect control where the gas bikes each corner they're coming out of they're still like adjusting and dialing and balancing and the electric bike just seemed to be so much more consistent and smooth because there's less factors yeah all you heard was the maybe drivetrain noise and the tires squealing and then drivetrain noise tires squealing and it was kind of bizarre and kind of cool but you know this is why i'm so convinced that this is the future if you follow the history of motorcycling. You, could, you don't have to even have to go back that far. Any of us who are lucky enough to have ridden a 1970s two-stroke, street two-stroke, well, no, you've got all the power you could possibly want, but very little control. It's very peaky. You've got to keep mm-hmm. yourself in that power band. By the early 80s, the bikes are still... You've got to work very, very hard to get that horsepower on the ground. And then the handling got better and the braking got better and the motors got more controllable. And it's all about control. Mm-hmm. And as we move on through the development of the motorcycle, the more control you actually have over that device, the more developed it is. And electric bikes, there's always going to be a place for gasoline bikes. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to see a shift in the next 20 10, 20 years. And gasoline bikes, it's not going to happen overnight, but there's just going to be more and more and more alternative ways of getting that power. And electric, you know, as battery technology gets better, because it seems seems to me that everyone is being held back by battery technology. Yep. Well, I can tell you that my personal opinion is that, you know, I keep saying the future is here, the future is now. But it seems like where the electric bikes are right now, they are perfect for racing. For somebody to get into racing, you're talking about a low-maintenance a race-ready bike with amazing control. What are you going to do in the pits, though? Like, when everybody else is wrenching on their gas bike, you sit there and drink a cigarette. Drink, yeah. drink a beer. Yeah. Talk to the umbrella girl. Yeah. Um, so I, I know that as yeah. we, as the they keep improving the batteries and such, that and the price will come down, that we're going to see these fitting more and more people's needs. But right now, it just seems like... a a perfect race bike that has more potential. Well, that shit fits my needs now. Like I, I live two miles from I work, know. and I, like, I ride fifty miles a week. And it's perfect. Well, but I just don't have the money for it. I think they're amazing. Um, what I want to do is, uh, we got a lot of emails this week, so I want to cover a bunch of emails, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do a get to know with Mark and just get to know Mark the writer, so we know you know what you're talking about. 
Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So um, I want to. Just, I'll start. We got a lot to hit. Uh, this one is from Haley. Says, "Hey, my name is Haley. I'm 15, and I'm from Alvin, Texas. I really wanted to start riding, but I'm not sure what to look for in my first bike. I was wondering if you had any suggestions, or if I, if I should just try to get my hands on whatever I could to get started. So no need to answer this, Misfits. I've got this covered. Oh God. So I think we need to just kind 15 of 15-year-olds listening to this." show yeah i know yeah, right? that's what I'm it's a little upsetting <laughs> um so and you guys can disagree but i actually went to haley's local craigslist and pulled up four ads that All i right. thought was in a 15 year old's budget so like Such things under enabler. like 1500 but this is what i came up with i said um the most common beginner bike would be the ninja 250, ninja 250. many price ranges <laughs> available i said the if you'd like a standard look at the nighthawk 250 if you want a cruiser look at the rebel 250 or if you want something you can take in the dirt look at a klr 250 the common thread here is a 250 good that, call. these are all bikes that have been made for decades so you can get your flavor and 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 price range i think i think that's kind of like the standard answer right got, sure. got that covered yeah. Yeah. so yeah so take a look at those there's a lot to find there all right, Bagel, what you got? I have an email from James C. where he says, Hello from Long Island. Love the podcast. That's Long Island. Long Island. That's Thank right. You. I like Long Island iced teas. It's dangerous. So James says, Hey, guys. Hello from Long Island, New York. <laughs> Long Island. Hey. Long Island. Hey, in the house. <laughs> Saw you on AMC. Like the show. Hey, thanks. But, but you guys were my favorite part. I had, I had to get into your podcast immediately following the show and got to say I can't get enough. I started riding about two years ago. My first ride was an 86 Kawasaki EN450 that my buddy cool. had found for me and we fixed together. I had more recently bought a 98 Suzuki Intruder for $500 that, had, that had been dumped and fixed it up. Nice. My, and he says, my cousin has been trying to get me into a MC. I'm assuming he means motorcycle club. Yeah. But I found it just wasn't my thing. Seems more like fraternity to me. Mm, so me and my friends have <laughs> just been content to fix junkers and have fun. It's very comforting to see people who value the same things as us. And suddenly we don't feel so solo around a sea of Sons of Anarchy wannabes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, looking yeah. forward to the next podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for writing in. Thanks, James. All right, Charlie. My name is James from Somerville, SC, and I'm seeking on advice on starting a group like yours. Where do I start? Is Facebook a good place to look for people to join? Craigslist? I've just got my license and bike. I'm very new to all this. I don't know anyone who rides or knows how to work on a bike. I'm looking to start a group to help each other regardless of who they are or where they're from. And any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, James. I say what? Go to Tinder for that? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I believe that's South Carolina, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. my brother's from North Carolina, and him and his fiance are starting to write up, too. So you can you can find people, and then if um, you're a new writer, there's a lot of resources. Just hit up Craigslist and be like, hey. Craigslist, but also there's forums. Join there's your local, local, local forums. Yeah, look for local he, forum. mm -hmm. he could go to bike stores and look for flyers. Also, yeah. like... Um, 
not that it's been a rousing success here, but you guys every now and then do a bike night at the coffee shop yep. for anyone who mm. wants to just come around and meet and chat and hook up. So you could pick a like a coffee it shop to hang out. Like you was asking more about logistics, like how to get space and how mm-hmm. to get tools and. Exactly. So you you want to find your people, and it's kind of organic where you're just going to put it together. And but um, yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that. It's you got to meet the people to do it first, build it, and they will come. And it's an ever evolving thing. It's it's mm-hmm. not going to be the same thing you started a year ago. Yeah, should, and, and should uh, uh, I said say Liza should write a manual. <laughs> yeah, on how was, not to do it. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say if you're just starting out with something like that. Um, Probably your best bet is to find somebody who's got a garage with space that doesn't mind having it taken over, um, because yeah. you don't you don't want to have to like go out and and you know pay a lot of money to rent someplace, especially if it's just for everybody to come and use. Because then you're on you know you're paying a lot for something. Unless everybody wants to pitch in, you could always do it that way too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just use whatever resources you have to put it together. Yeah, and try to keep it on the shoestring budget and just make it yeah. happen. Make it yeah. Work. Get extra sets of 10 millimeters. And I was just going to say, get like yeah. 20 10 millimeters. Yeah, yeah. A handful of 10 millimeter sockets, that's all. Order them in bulk. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think step one is just find the community because yeah. there might be something yeah. like this already near him that he doesn't know about. That's yeah. true. Yeah. All right, knock what you got. Uh, I have an email from Donnie H. Hey, Donnie. Um, oh, excuse me here. <coughs> Okay, uh, so I was co- <laughs> so I was coasting the channels and came across Ride with Norman Reedus. Hey, I did not know yeah. he was famous. <laughs> I don't watch zombie shows. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but I'm stoked about watching anything about bikes or riding on the open road or whatever. Uh, found your podcast. Love it. Um, looking forward to more of it. Thank you. Thank you, Donnie. Oh, thank you, Donnie. Yeah. Thanks, I'm definitely. glad you These found These are us. like a back padding emails for us, which is nice. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. Stroke our egos. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, what you got, Doug? You always give me the fucking long ones. <laughs> I give you the long ones. That used to be mine. <laughs> Damn it. You swapped from which when I was getting a burrito. That's <laughs> for all the names in the hat that were mine. Yeah. This is uh, titled Naked Jim's Challenge. This is from AJ. Uh, hey there, Misfits. Been listening since the beginning and was pleasantly surprised to see y'all on the Norman, Norman Reedus show. Cool that you guys made it to the quote-unquote big time. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, it's been raining this Cashing past week checks. in Ohio, yeah. so I've had the opportunity to catch up on my podcast since I've had to commute in my Jeep instead of riding my Triumph. Now that I'm caught up, it dawns on me that no one has answered Naked Jim's question so far about what kind of motorcycle the Hair Bear Bunch rode. That was from the TV show episode. Uh, yes. right. Since I just it turned 50... No one is over 50. I, says I, <laughs> since I just turned 50... I Grew up on a Hanna-Barbera cartoons and loved the Hair Bear Bunch and can answer the question. They rode an invisible motorcycle that only one of the bears could operate. Uh, hopefully, I'm the first to answer, but I can't believe it is. In, I can't believe it in the age of Google and Ask Siri. Uh, I can also add another motorcycle cartoon to your list: Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. Mm-hmm. Wheelie was a VW, and the Chopper Bunch were cartoon motorcycle bad guys. Okay, I want the mail. I want <laughs> yeah. the lunchbox. Not as good as the Hair Bear Bunch, in my opinion, though. Uh, on a different subject, I've decided to uh, haven't decided if I'm going to AMA Vintage Days this year or not. But if I do, I'll keep my eye out for Liza and Knock. Hey. Well, just look hey. for the dueling uh, evil Knievels. <laughs> yeah, right. The bright green shades. I'll be wearing my green shades. Yeah. Well, gotta go. I need to get my L changed and prep my bike for a four-day trip down into South Carolina and Georgia in two days. But keep up the great work, Jack, in the middle of Ohio. All Thanks, right. Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Nice email. And actually, Phil from Cleveland Meadow was the first one to answer 
the yep. so Lunch, no shirt. Too. You can get a shirt for twenty. No shirt 20 for bucks. you. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kat, what you got? Uh, I got newbie guidance needed from Rick. Hello, I just started listening to your podcast after watching the first episode of Ride with Norman Reedus. I see a theme going on right now. <laughs> um, I really enjoy your podcast. It's very informative and entertaining. What? Are you listening to the correct you, podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's listening to the right one. Uh, I recently got my motorcycle permit, light, motorcycle license permit. And I started up for the, and I signed up for the Motorcycle Safety Foundation Basic Rider course, which is offered Rad. by the Department of Transportation here in Pennsylvania. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. I had been through the two classroom sessions before this, and this was the first time where I got to do one of the range sessions where you're actually on the bike. It was far more difficult than I expected, and I really struggled. The instructor did the best he could to give me as much one-on-one -on -one as possible, but it's really not easy to do when there are five other people in the class. That's a very small class. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't know what to do, what I need to do to be able to practice by myself, which I can't do because I own, don't own anything to ride, or I need one-on-one -on -one instruction for which there's no real option. I feel like I'm stuck be between a rock and a hard place. Uh, this is something that I thought was going to work out and really and it really looks like it could all fall through and i'm very disappointed i don't know what siege wisdom sage oh wow <laughs> give me your siege wisdom siege, it, look, it looks like okay what sage wisdom you guys could offer but you guys know more about motorcycles than pretty much anyone i than anyone i know so i figured i'd take a shot and run this all by you and see what your reaction could be when you get a chance, please respond. Keep He's up the good work on the podcast. definitely listening to the wrong podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, my my first thought is make friends with somebody who rides, yeah. who's willing to Someone's let you, teach you try their bike out. One thing that I wanted to note is um, I did not ride a motorcycle before I bought one, and I bought a motorcycle without riding it because I do not ride motorcycles that are not mine. So mm. I bought a motorcycle and promptly realized that I had made the biggest mistake of my life and I had just <laughs> wasted $1,200 because I clearly exact cannot same. operate this 900. vehicle. I, oh, it was 900 The Rebel yeah. was 900 I, Exact so opposite. I'm sitting I on this... a great choice by buying a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting on this bike and I'm, what, two hours into being taught in the parking lot by Doug. I'm still stalling every single time I try to turn the damn thing on. That's what happens when I teach people how to ride bikes. It was <laughs> so... I was, Everybody be stalling. It Everybody was like stalling. this realization of like, holy shit, why did I think I could do this? <laughs> and then it got better. It gets better, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it does get better. I've taken the BRC like three times. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, the first time I took it, I crashed the bike. Like, I mean, I crashed the bike in their little parking lot. Same here. And During the test. So, I mean, my suggestion to this this uh, this email is take the class again. Maybe you get yeah. a different teacher. Maybe you get a better teacher. Maybe you get a better group. Mm, that, good that, point. Maybe you, you get know, a different bike. Maybe, maybe your bike was yeah. really shitty. Take the, I mean, the only thing that's going to make you better is more time in the saddle. Mm -hmm. So just however you get in the saddle, get there. But the BRC is a great class. I've taken it multiple times. I've taken the whole line of the MSF courses. They're all amazing. But just, especially if it's free through the state of Pennsylvania, just take the thing again. Oh, yeah, if it's free, fucking dig it, man. Yeah, right? No, and, and I'm and moving to Pennsylvania. Let's go take that class. I don't and if think you're, it's free, but it, it's offered by the state. Let's go say, wreck other people's bikes. Yeah, right. If you're listening in your car right now, you don't have to pull over. Those sirens are here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isaac, what you got? 
So, uh, I'm not sure if you intentionally put this one fifth down the list, but it fits. This is uh, titled, Finally the Podcast I Was Looking For, and it's from Dan from Alabama. Hey, Dan. Motorcycles and Misfits. I know after hearing it dozens of times, it might be getting a little old, but due to Ride, I discovered your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I agree with another viewer who said your section of the show is by far the best part. However, I'm writing in because when Norman and the film crew first rolled up, I saw a Nighthawk 250 parked out front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been riding nearly a year now, and that 250 was the first bike I ever rode. It just oh. made me happy to see that little guy standing strong on TV. Bad. I ride a Shadow 600 now, but that Nighthawk has a special place in my heart. What motorcycles did you all ride in your early riding life? Keep up the laughs and feel free to keep giving Harley shit. They can take it. Cheers. <laughs> Dan from Alabama. Oh, oh you want to hear a Harley story about my first bike? <laughs> yes. So, <clears throat> I bought a motorcycle that was $650 and I could not afford it because I was like 18 and broke and a college student. And the guy I bought it from let me make payments. And it took me like two years to pay this bike off. <laughs> it was a rattle can white. It was missing a side panel. Okay, let me digress. It was a 1979 Suzuki GS425. I, I wheelied bike. it <laughs> the first day I owned it, coming off of a stop sign. You can believe that. <laughs> Superman. Um, yeah, I just didn't pick my feet up off the ground and just like came out from under me. It was awesome. <laughs> um, anyways, rattle can white, flat white. Um, it was missing a side cover, had like a leather thing over the battery holding it in. And the very first time I put gas in it, uh, I pulled into a Chevron station, and in front of me was a this beautiful green, sparkling, uh, dressed up Harley. It was like a '69 Panhead or something like this. It Super was, dildo glide. It was um, it was like an amazing vintage Harley bike, and everyone in the gas station was surrounding this bike. Right, and talking to this guy, and you know, everybody was tripping out on taking pictures. Uh, and I pulled in at the pump behind him on a total piece of crap. Well, the, uh, the gas station attendant who was dealing with the Harley uh, turns and he looks at me and he kind of smirks and laughs and turns away so that I wouldn't see him laughing. Um, and he comes over to help me because back then uh, you couldn't just put your credit card in the machine, you had to have an attendant actually turn the machine on for you so you could pump gas. Yeah. Anyway, so he comes over to me and he says, uh, he says, guy's got a nice bike, huh? You know, and kind of is like laughing at me. And I said, and I looked him dead, <laughs> in the, dead in the eyes and I said, yeah, mine starts. Oh. <laughs> and he went, gave me a dirty look and turned and walked away to go hang out with Harley, dude. <laughs> so I put, finished putting gas in my bike. I put the pump back, right? And of course, you know, no one cares about me anymore. I start up my bike and start to pull out of the parking lot. Well, four people are trying to push start this hard. <laughs> I wound that bike up yeah. through all six gears, going down the freeway, laughing my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That bike made me look so good. <laughs> one time, one time that bike made me look good. Yeah, nice. nice. All right, you Emma. You tell good stories, dude. I know. Oh, I, I miss John's stories. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, yeah. no, I have, um, I'm going to read this in my best. American post, accent. Post-Brexit. <laughs> BBC voice. See, this is how you know the show's current. Um, it's from Adrian, and Adrian's in Austin. Hey, guys. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year. It was so cool to get a window into your world when you were featured on Norman Reader's show. Thanks. Yeah, it goes on. 
I'm totally blown away by how supportive and inclusive your Moto Tribe is. You guys were among a select few Motocasts that inspire us to start our own podcast, which is apparently called Above Idle. Yeah. Cool. I can't describe me at work because I'm bone idle at work. (laughs) Anyway. I've seen it. She is. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for keeping it real in Cali and having such an inclusive vibe. If you ever find yourself in Central Texas, let me know. We'd love to ride. Keep up the good work. Much love from Austin. And that's from Adrian. Thanks, Adrian. Yeah, that's great. Um, And there is a P.S., my current UTB bike, which I'm guessing is the utter... Up, up the butt bike. Up the bottom bike. Uh, you'll learn this in a second, Mark. <laughs> right. Is probably a KTM 1190 or Multistrada. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is Multistrada parked outside tonight. Or some other overblown midlife crisis adventure <laughs> bike. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> it's, nice. it's here in black and white. What? That's a great email. Thank you, Adrian. Hey, thank you very much. So, thank you for those emails. I love it. Keep them coming. Did we get any that did not mention Norman Reedus? Well, but some of these people, that, like they said, have been listening for a year now. I'll take the residuals, so baby. Just give me the residuals. They just—they were excited <laughs> for us. Money I, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I wasn't trying to poke anything at your email. No. So like, I just was had, genuinely curious one. if Mine. there was any that did not mention Norman Reedus. Uh, Mine didn't. Yeah, some didn't. Okay. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's been cool. So all right. Let's get back to Mark now that he's in the hot seat. All let's right. learn to know seat. who the hell are you to think you're qualified? <laughs> who are you? Doing who the what hell you are do. you? <laughs> so we're going to do a little get to know, and Knock is going to handle it. All right. Well, I'm going to handle my brain. Uh, first question. Uh, what was your first bike? The first bike I ever rode was a buddy's dirt bike that my parents uh-huh. didn't know about. Yeah, um, that's the best kind. <laughs> yeah, the legal kind. Some eighty-five. I want to say it was a KX eighty-five, but I'm not one hundred percent certain of that. Was it did green? It, did it brap or did it ring ding? Oh, it definitely it ring ding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it ring ding me right into a hedge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some excuses about why I was so scraped up and like we didn't wear helmets or anything like yeah. that. This is uh, Central Ohio. Farm, farm country. Um, but then when I was, let's see, 19, and I was living in Italy, I rented a little scooter on Elba, island mm-hmm. of Elba. Oh, nice. And I convinced the guy behind the, the counter to rent me a helmet with it, even though he judged harshly. <laughs> Italians uh, did not look kindly upon safety. Yes. Um, and I like ripped all over this old city on this little little scooter, uh, and then the next day I was like going through a, a green light and promptly got broadsided, like full on. Just dude ran a red light. Um, oh, nice shit. thing about a scooter is your feet are inboard. Yes. So I kind of skidded and wobbled, and I actually rode out of it. I was okay. Wow. The scooter wasn't in great shape. So that was kind of a second experience after dirt biking here and there in Ohio. Sounds then, like you're off to a rough start. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It sounds like a I, good I start. walked away from it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Any any yeah. wreck you walk away from is a good one. Um, and then my first real street motorcycle yeah. experience. Well, actually, this isn't the first bike I owned. Uh, 
was in Nepal, rented a bike in Kathmandu, lied to the guy, told him I knew how to ro- <laughs> ride a motorcycle, and got like a little 150 Indian hero, um, mm-hmm. rode it up to a mountain pass, ran that one into a ditch too, hauled it out of the ditch, <laughs> rode it back down. The first bike I actually owned, I kept myself from buying a bike until I was in my mid-20s, and I decided and, I was And you're maturing. a dirt biker, you say. So, uh, now can I borrow that pen and pad? I need to make a note to myself. Yeah. Do not own a bike to Mark. Okay. <laughs> I didn't wreck any of my bikes. Um, Yeah, I bought my first bike that I bought was a a BMW 650 that I bought in my mid 20s quarter life crisis. I got my first tattoos. I quit my job. I bought a motorcycle. All that worked out. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you did it right, man. Yeah, it was the that was the way to go. And I also I've been I've been riding uh, mountain bikes forever since. Get you get a tramp stamp. Yes, yeah. let's, let's see. Yeah. Yep. yeah, well actually I went I went just above the panty line in the front. Ah, <laughs> wow. a little a little, little Tinkerbell with a wand, right? Let's see. Fort Lauderdale. Where'd you get that one? Let's see it. Right here in San Francisco. Oh, there it is. Oh, it's a care bear. So how uh, how long did you say you've been riding? Uh like fully uh I mean did you, did you uh, take a break or Yeah, no, we're talking coming up on I don't know, twelve, thirteen years, something like that. Yeah. Practically a proper riding, yeah, it's true. Uh, especially compared to my my two co-founders, right. Derek, Derek mm-hmm. was born on bikes. Just been riding for a long time, so I represent the other end of the spectrum. Cool. Uh, what kind of what bikes do you have in your stable right now? What do I, they do? They track duty, street I duty. Currently have a Mongrel 2003/2005 Yamaha R6 that mm-hmm. does track duty/street fighter duty more street fighter than than track um these days um which is kind of my everyday city bike i have a 2008 multistrada 1100s mm-hmm. which is my long trip bike uh, that's those. the one i i rode down today took um 35 skyline most of the way it was a beautiful day nice. for a ride mm-hmm. and then i have a ktm 250 xcf that is about to go up on craigslist <gasps> Just in time for my redshift to be there delivered. Hey, yeah. cool. look at that. Finally. Yep. Nice. Wait, yep. that's it? Three? Sorry. Just those three. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's good. That's good. Like you said, noob. Well, <laughs> no. You don't need to join the Bikeaholics Anonymous group that we've started. Thursday nights, <laughs> if you need to do the meeting. It's not very anonymous. Well, actually, I have <laughs> yeah, deposits pretty, on pretty anonymous. Shifts, so it'll it'll soon be a stable of four. I'm, I'm getting the, okay. uh, the MXS. It's, it's and starting. Plus one. I, can, yeah. I can see it in and your eyes. It's starting. One. Yep. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think it means to be an accomplished rider? And do you think you've hit that Ooh. point? A lot uh, of people, it's miles under the belt. A lot of people, it's being able to control your motorcycle properly. When Am I an accomplished rider? I mean, well, I think. Well, what it, do you think it means to yeah. to be an accomplished rider? Um, I do. I, I think the the latter thing that you said is is the right one. It's being in control of the vehicle, knowing knowing your limits. I mean, that that is an accomplishment, whether that counts as accomplished. But that's that's the proper way to ride. Is like know know your limits, stay within them, and still figure out a way to progress, um, even while you're doing that. So. I think by that definition, I am. I'm getting better, but I'm also, you know, surrounded by people who are just way better riders mm-hmm. than me. Yeah. Um, so I would not claim accomplished. Well, everybody, everybody's got a tense. different answer. So it's, yeah. that's why I like that question. What's your favorite road? If there is one around here locally, if it's a secret mm-hmm. road, 
Um, you can maybe describe it. I don't know, whatever you call. Is it uh, 128 that runs through Mendocino, uh, Anderson Valley? Uh-huh. That road yeah. is insane, especially after they repaved it. Mm-hmm. And then you hook it up with Skag Springs. You have like a classic loop. That, yeah. that one is definitely um, in the top three, if not my number Yeah, one. Google that, guys. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so we, now we're going to hit you with the question that we ask everyone. So you heard reference to the UTB bike. So we refer to that that bike that it's kind of a level beyond dream bike. We the the bike that you would that when you look at it you go, I take it up the butt for that. Is there a bike? Britain V one thousand. There we go. Hey! Yeah, there this it is. Oh, what good a choice, you man. Know, there you it is. Know. said that without hesitation. You what know what an up-the-butt yeah. bike is. Yeah. That is freaking my choice. up-the-butt bike, yeah. too, for yeah. me. That yeah. has been deemed butt-worthy before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you place a high value on your butt, too. It yeah. says something about a man. <laughs> it's unobtainable butt. <laughs> well, yeah. cool. I, I appreciate that you came down to, to tell us more about your bikes. Where, If somebody's interested in learning more about Alta, where do they go? Uh, altamotors.co, not mm-hmm. .com. Um, has all the bike info, bunch of bunch of tech info. If you really want to nerd out, mm-hmm. long long blog that we've been maintaining since the beginning, six years of blog posts. If you want to follow the development process and the whole team, so that's that's the best spot. Um, and then we we post up um, pictures and videos constantly of testing and uh, new riders getting on it on our Facebook. Which is Altimotors USA. And where can somebody see a bike in person? The first demos will hit our San Francisco dealer, uh, Alta San Francisco, also known as BMW Motorcycles of San Mm -hmm. Francisco, um, next month. And so not only can you go look at one, which there's already a couple in the shop, but you'll be able to go um, demo the Supermoto. Field trip. Yep. Yep. Field trip. And then uh, we'll have the whole fleet, um, but not for demo, down at uh, the World Superbike at Laguna Seca. Nice. In July. Oh, that's our house. Yeah. Are we doing Superbike? Um, I. Oh, we're out of town, aren't we? You and I. Yes, yeah. we are going to be. I was just about to say. I've got the paddock passes. I got three, I think. That was including Liza. So if anybody needs a paddock pass. So Knock and I are going to be at the AMA Vintage Days, um, doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. But and I wanted to mention, if there is anyone who's going to be at Vintage Days, um, we haven't set up a meeting time, but I know that Phil from Cleveland Moto is going to have the bus the school bus there the short bus oh they got the short bus and i do know that he is also marking it with inflatable dolls and sheep (laughs) (laughs) blow up dolls filled up with helium yeah yeah we'll be floating Um, above the bus i I love it and i'm kind of worried because that's he's bringing inflatable dolls and knock and i are bringing the dildos it's like this is (laughs) this is this is going to a horrible place. So, it sounds like a match made Homeland in heaven, Security right? will fuck you up. They're like, this, they put this bag in the scanner like yeah, you have... They're definitely searching your oh, bag. Cut up man. snowboards. I am putting it in your and, bag. And a dil- dildos. You better yeah. not yes. leave your bag unattended with me. That's all I'm saying. Duct tape the dildos to a I'm, water actually, bottle. Actually, I'm sure they've seen Stranger. You might want to yeah, just maybe. put them all in one separate bag so you'll actually have your clothes when you get there. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Do you have anything um, to declare? Dildos. Is there anything else you want to add about... Alta Motors. I know that, like, on YouTube, you can see a lot of videos. Uh, a lot of people are posting stuff there, like, doing jumps and ripping single tracks, stuff like that. 
Uh, no, nothing more about the bikes. <laughs> it's been awesome being down here. Thank you guys for having me. I, it's great yeah, to meet everybody. It's good to have you it. down here. The, the dog passed oh. gas, apparently. Oh, oh dear God. Oh, no. John's, not, John's not claiming it, so... Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave him broccoli earlier. That's probably why. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I, was no hoping, I was hoping it would wait until, you know, Liza got into bed with the dog, so... Thank you, I appreciate it. You know, I, I think we'll put him over the edge. I gave him the veggies out of my taco, so, you know, with the uh, broccoli... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Hey, sorry, Mark. Back to the motorcycle. Also, again. to those who are <laughs> local, uh, July 2nd, so that's next weekend, Saturday, so a bunch of us are going to be at the Hollister Rally and attending the Vetter uh, Fuel Mileage Challenge. I will actually be riding a zero on that. Um, awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then July 4th, we're going to be back at Hollister riding bikes and hopefully we can get all to there we'll see there's also yeah. the epic west coast supermoto meet on yeah. saturday july 2nd at 10 30 in uh san francisco somewhere just hit up uh, bay area supermoto's website or their facebook page and there's a I'm, there's a uh, event created for that what area of town is it san francisco Hooligan so I'm assuming, it's all san francisco to me i'm assuming no it's going to be hard to find parking since everyone's going to be trucking their motos in right <laughs> i'm parking at john's house <laughs> zing park all the motors yeah. all the supermotors at my house yeah, yeah. nice you all right and then get them back but and then cat you wanted to talk about real quick about your new liquid skin you're wearing yeah i got uh for my birthday my parents are so epic they got me kevlar leggings um from this super awesome brand called gogo gear and it's hmm. originally i believe it was aimed towards women but they started producing men's gear um, it's all Kevlar and it has CE pockets available. But the thing is, is this actually fucking fits. <laughs> like, it's so exciting. Um, it actually has booty room and it's not baggy and it's Dead like it. <laughs> it's so true though. Like, it's like just a little bit flexible too. It's got it's, some elasticity. Yeah, it's 95. So there's two layers. The outer layer is lycra and cottony and abrasion resistant. And then the inner layer is 95% Kevlar and 5% spandex or something. Mm, one, of those, one of those stretchy things. Um, and I've been reading the ride reports and these hold up excellent in laydowns and the uh the owner is super cool and has actually been taking them taking them back and learning from oh, cool. what fails and sending out new pairs. Nice. It's super cool. She seems like a rad chick. And uh, they also have hoodies as well. Um, but I saw these leggings and they're just... They're friggin' awesome. I can't, super comfortable. I can't wait to drag you behind a chariot and see how they work. Can you nah. put hip armor in them? <laughs> you can. They do have pockets yeah, for hip pockets. armor. Nice. Yeah, yeah I see the knee armor. Yeah, they're super... They're super and they don't they're not ugly either that's the thing and how much were they they were only 125 bucks i think they Very were reasonable super, for, yeah, for good yeah. kevlar gear for good yeah, kevlar gear and you can get off your bike you can even take the ce armor out of the knees if you want to not have to carry an extra pair of pants these totally pass as like skinny jeans as skinny jeans yeah, they're yeah. tactical uh tights they are yeah. and they're they're <laughs> nice fabric and they they're a little bit warm if it's over like 80 degrees like it was today but say they, the say the company again uh they're go go gear go go gear okay cool cool all right yeah. cool well thank you i we're going over time so i want to wrap this up again thank you mark for coming yeah thanks um, appreciate it man charlie tell everyone how to reach us on the website. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I don't know, man. The 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 motorcycle misfits at 
dot com. <laughs> Charlie, I want you to pay attention now. Wake like up. A- Zach, do it. You can find us online at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at... 831-291-5112. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, thanks. thank you to the listener who sent in the uh, voicemail Teamwork. at the top of the podcast. So I think we're ready to wrap up. Boy, this has been a long one. But I'm always excited to talk about electric because it is. It's happening it's happening it's emicky you keep saying it's it's the way the things it's the future it's the way it's things now. are gonna the go the future is yeah. here the future is now My uh, yeah. electric is happening i call it the all shockening right. <laughs> oh, all right i'm uh, wrapping up thanks to everyone for listening i appreciate it this is liza i am zach bagel charlie this is knock this is douglas this is mark yeah <laughs> Meow. bye mom <laughs> have a good one all right good night everyone and then John, say hi, John. Bye, John. Hi, John. Bye, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we out of here. Cool. 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 cool.